Thank you for joining us today. God is true to his word. He takes care of his children. In all aspects of our lives, we must make godly decisions and trust him for the outcome. The ever-increasing deprivation in our secular society is unrelenting, yet we should not be surprised because God said these things would be. We must stand firm, always making godly decisions no matter what. Listen as Pastor Rander ministers to us with Bible, pen, and paper handy. A friend of mine, he called me, and I had my, my Bible and my books and paper all over my laps as I was sitting on the corner of the bed, and the phone rang about 9, 30, 10 o'clock. I said, now, who could this be? And it's one of my pastor's friends. As a matter of fact, he preached here a few months ago, and he just said, Pastor, the Lord just led me to call you. I said, well, what's wrong? He said, the guy I grew up with, since I've been known since 16 years old, and he's one of the preachers in the church, and he's about 62 years old. He died suddenly of a massive heart attack. And uh, his, his church is not that big and large. And he said, the church is just rattled, and, and everybody's in shock. I'm in shock. He was my longtime friend, and he was a faithful servant of the ministry. And uh, we can't believe he's suddenly gone and I have to preach tomorrow. I said, you, somebody said they would preach for me. And I said, I preached myself. I said, well, you did, you did it right. He said, I said, why you called me? He said, I called you because I remembered your son dying of a massive heart attack. You see, so I was able to comfort him because he's dealing with a longtime friend and preacher in the church who was a very faithful servant who died suddenly of a heart attack. And so he knew he remembered my experience and called me for comfort and consoling. And I was able to do that and minister the word of God to him this very message. I said, let me, I said, so-and-so, God had you call me because what you need to hear is right on my lap right now. Let me give you some words that I'm about to preach tomorrow. And by the way, when you, you stand and preach because you know where the congregation is and you don't have to be, you don't have to preach an everlasting message to be effective when you're hurting. I said, just if you don't speak for 20 minutes in the Lord, that's good enough. God will take that and do worlds of eternity through a 20-minute message. Let me encourage you, and I pray with him. But God allows us to go through these things so that we can be a tremendous source of comfort to people who's going to be right where you once were, and you'll be able to speak a timely word. And people like to talk to people who've been there. So that's, that's very critical and very, very important uh, to the glory of Almighty God. After you've been healed of your pain and comforted by God's blessed assurance, then you are the best candidate to minister to others who are in the midst of their pain and assure them of God's love assure them of God's peace, and assure them of God's comfort. Number seven, as we go through various trials of life, listen closely, people of God. As we go through various trials in life's journey, we must count it all joy. Count it all joy. And many of you are going through the book of James right now. As we go through various trials in life's journey, we must count it all joy. James 1, 2, chapter 1, verse 2 says, My brethren, talking to the people of faith, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Trials come in all kinds of forms, 
all kinds of packages, and they are all impacting. In other words, believers, what is James saying? Believers are to count it all joy when going through trials because the Lord's ultimate purpose for trials is to strengthen you. He strengthens us through trials. He strengthens us. He matures us. He grows us. He develops us through the trials, through the hurts, through the pain. You know, it is through those trials. He says, count it all joy because I'm increasing your faith. Your faith is going to be stronger. You're going to cope with life better. You're going to be more disciplined. You're going to see things from a different perspective. Count it all joy because I'm going to increase your faith. He says, James is saying, count it all joy because through your trial, it's going to produce patience. Immature people are quite impatient. But it is through trials that we have an increase of patience, which teaches us to wait on the Lord. To wait on the And most blessings are missed in life because of our inability to wait on the Lord. Waiting can be so hard because we want what we want right now. God can also use trials to break us. God can also use trials to break us to the point until we utterly depend upon him. You know, trials has a way of breaking our pride because we had it together. We know so much. We're so intellectual. We're so knowledgeable. We got so much experience. We've been so many places. You're a candidate for the who's who society. And God says, wait a minute, I'm going to break you because you, you can't really use a man or woman until that man or woman has been greatly broken. What good to you is an unbroken horse? Can you ride him? No, he'll throw you to Timbuktu. That horse has to be written on and you have to lock in on him. He's going to jump and trick and kick and, you know, you be, it's rodeo time. You see how they do. And they'll throw you off, and if they win that round, they still wild until you stay on them long enough to let him know you in charge. And sometimes God has to wear you down and break you down to the point that you realize that the Lord's in charge. Do you hear what I just said? Then we say, oh, God, I don't have an answer. I'm helpless. I'm stuck. God said, now I can use you. Now you can listen to me. Your knowledge was in the way. Your position at the job was in the way. You had too high of a view of yourself. Now you're just where I want you so you can hear my voice. God cannot greatly use a man or woman until he has greatly broken them. And I tell you, breaking people hurts. Hurts. Wow. So let's be mindful of that. Number eight, because adversity is inevitable in life. It's inevitable. It's going to come. Because adversity is inevitable in life, don't be surprised when it comes. It's expected to come. You're not exempt from trials. Nobody said you will have an easy path. Nobody promised you that. 
Uh, don't be surprised when it comes. Job 2.10b says, shall we indeed accept good from God and shall not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. When you're going through tough times, hush your mouth, trust God. You start talking too much, you, you talk yourself in trouble with God and you misrepresent him and you become a poor testimony. Be a person of few words when you're going through the trials, lest you say the wrong thing and dishonor God with your lips. It says, in all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Hush up. Don't talk too much. And when you talk, give God the glory. John 16, 33b also says, in this world, you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. There's nothing in the world when Jesus was here that he did not overcome. He says, and I'm the same God and I can overcome anything in your world. I'm God. You can't say, God, you don't understand. Yes, I do. I've been there. I know what it feels like to be mistreated, to be spat upon, to be ridiculed, to have a beard plucked, to be humiliated and shamed, and even worse, crucified. He says, be of good cheer, I've overcome. As saints, we should accept the bad as well as the good. Now, we like the good, but we don't want the what? Bad. Oh, God, keep the bad away. Give me all the good. What if God gave you all the good for the 80 80 years you live? You'd be the most messed up person on this side of the Mississippi. God's going to see to it that life is not all good. (laughs) We should accept the bad as well as the good, understanding that God is sovereign and that in the midst of trials, In the midst of trials, he's orchestrating the events of our lives and he's actually shaping and developing our spiritual character. He's developing your reputation. He's developing your character. He's refining you. He's spiritually fine-tuning you so he can get better results out of your lives. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good, to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. All things are working together for your good and his glory, even when we don't understand. Number nine, like Paul, the Lord desires us to have the right attitude and spiritual perspective in the midst of trials. Now, you got to get that. Because if you miss that, you will have a repeat trial course. Like Paul, the Lord desires us to have a what kind of attitude? The, what kind of attitude? Right attitude. Oh, Lord. Eternal pity party. Everything's wrong. Here, here come bad news. He, she's bad news. Here she come. Watch what she, she coming, y'all. And these bad news people, sometimes you find a way to duck and dodge because you get tired of their bad news. They're just bad news when they come. So like Paul, the Lord desires us to have the right attitude and spiritual perspective. See things from God's point of view in the midst of trials. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9b, therefore, most gladly, I will boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You put the power of Christ on display with the right spirit 
and the right attitude and words that honor God. Paul says in the midst of his trial, in the midst of the thorn and the flush, he says, most gladly. Underline that. Some of y'all go right past it. Most gladly, I rather boast in my infirmities that God is in control. He knows what he's doing. And if he chooses not to move the thorn, his grace is still sufficient. Most gladly, I will bear this for my Lord and my God. Acts 5, 40 through 41, it says, and they agreed with him. And when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Verse 41. So they departed from the presence of the council. Look at this. Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Rejoice. Underline that. That's, that's antithetical to the way we believe. Verse 41, so they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for the name of the Lord Jesus. That, there's another passage on rejoicing. Hang with me. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13, it says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you. In other words, when strange things begin to happen to you, don't think it's so strange as though some strange thing happened to you. Verse 13, look what it says here again, the thing. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. We're not suffering for Christ because we stole a ham out of H-E-B. You suffer from being a thief. Why do you say Amen. We're talking about suffering for Christ, not suffering because you're lying, cheating, stealing, and being hellish. Beloved, your spiritual, listen, your spiritual maturity will keep you from rejoicing in Christ. You can't rejoice in your suffering, in your trials, if you're not spiritually mature. You see what I'm saying? So, so actually, when you go through trials, it's an opportunity to give yourself a self-assessment. Y'all getting quiet. You're really listening now. So, beloved, your spiritual immaturity will keep you from rejoicing in Christ. The less spiritual you are, the more you're going to be whiny and complaining just because your world is upside down. Some of you sitting here today, though you've been in church for many years, are still spiritual babes regarding how you confront trials and difficulties in your life. You may be a longtime member, but you're still a spiritual babe when it comes to dealing with trials because of how you respond to them, you see? And let me tell you something. If your baby is time to grow up, let me ask you a question. When are you going to grow up? When are you going to grow up? God expects us to grow up and trials are designed to grow us up in the faith to look more like him. Number 10, refuse to quit or allow the struggles, regrets, and pains of yesterday to negate tomorrow's opportunities and future blessings. Refuse to what? Quit. Some people say, I quit. I got hurt in the church by somebody. Somebody told me off. Somebody mistreated me. Somebody told me to shut up. I quit. 
Somebody, the, the greeter didn't smile at me. She just rolled her eyes at me. I quit. I'm going home. And they can stomp on your feet at the job. You come on back, you know. I quit. I quit. I ain't, I'm not ushering no more. I'm, I ain't going to be a greeter anymore. I'm tired of Cynthia. I, I, I quit. I quit. This machine keeps being fuzzy and things are going out. They're blaming me. I quit when there's no glitches and no, no funny sounds in the service. Nobody says thank you for a good service. But when sounds come, they say, what's wrong? I quit. I'm tired of looking at me saying it's my fault. I quit. They said I hit the wrong note again. I quit. I quit. I quit. They, they won't let me lead a song. I quit. Just quit, 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 quit. Quit, quit, quit. Quit. Man, those that put your hands to the plow and you take it off, the scripture says you're not fit for the kingdom of God. Look, refuse to what? That ought not be in your vocabulary. Refuse to quit or allow the struggles, regrets, and pains of yesterday. How many of y'all got to have some pains from yesterday? Some struggles from yesterday? Some disappointments, some regrets. How many of y'all got some, some yesterday's issues? All of us do. But you surrender that to Jesus. Let it go. Say it with me. Let it go. A little bit louder. Let it go. A little bit louder. Thank you. Refuse to quit or allow the struggles, regrets, and pains of yesterday to negate tomorrow's opportunities and future blessings. You so focused on what happened yesterday, you can't allow God give you some, to give you opportunities and future blessings for tomorrow. You're holding back your blessings because you're so tied in to yesterday's horrific experiences. Woo. Let it open your hands. Let it go. Turn from it and receive the future possibilities of what God has for you. He has a marvelous plan for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, two more and then I'll be done. Number 11, be mindful that trouble don't last always. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a comforting thought. Wherever you are, how long it's been? Some of you are saying, how long tonight? I've been having this issue in my body, this blood pressure, the arthritis, these headaches, these tendencies, these struggles, I've made a mess of my life in my youth and I'm still recovering from the how long the night be mindful that trouble don't last always. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians 4:17, it's a beautiful scripture. 2 Corinthians 4:17 says for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. You can't even comprehend it. Let me repeat, that is so sweet. Did I have to read it again? Second Corinthians 4, 17. For this momentary affliction, in other words, what's happened to you, it seems so long in this life, but it's only for a what? 
moment is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. In other words, we must realize that the afflictions we go through are only for a season and pales in comparison to the joy and glory of eternity. In other words, the Lord won't put any more on us than we can bear. And even as we bear it, it is only for a what? Moment. What, do you, what you're going through pales in comparison to what you're going to, to receive in heaven. It's only a light affliction for a moment and God will help you bear them and see you through. Last but not the least. In the midst of our pain, suffering, hurts, trials, in the midst of our pains, sufferings, hurts, and trials, we can be assured that God's grace is sufficient for us. I got to say that again. That is so big. In the midst of our what? Pain, suffering, hurts, and trials, we can be assured that God's grace is sufficient for us. Second Corinthians 12, 9a says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. The power of Christ, the grace of Christ, and the glory of Christ is not revealed through our pride. The grace of Christ, the power of Christ, the glory of Christ is not revealed through our human ability, our self-exaltation. But rather the power of Christ, the grace of Christ, the glory of Christ is revealed through our humility. The power of Christ, the grace of Christ, the glory of Christ is revealed through our weaknesses and through our trials that God is glorified as we shine for Christ and depend totally on the promises of God, even when we don't understand. Second Corinthians 12, 10 B says, for when I am weak. Have you ever been weak? Have, have, you, have you been weak? You're on the edge, you're impotent. I mean, you, 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 you're just exhausted. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It is through our weaknesses that we trust Christ alone, which results in our experiencing a greater measure of his grace and strength to endure the trial. I told this pastor last night, I have a song for you. It was on my lap as he called last night because of losing someone so near, so dear last night. I said, this message is for you. And not only is this message for you, but this song is for you. And then I began to read the, the song to his grieving heart. And I said, he giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added affliction, he added his mercy. To multiplied trials, his multiplied peace. His love has no limits. 
His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. I can assure you as I close this message, God is never short on grace. And all God's children said, and Father, we thank you for this message. Thank you that your grace never runs out and that you, you never, that there's never a shortage. Lord, that old Negro spiritual that says, nobody knows the trouble I see. Nobody knows but Jesus. I pray today that Hearts disturbed will be comforted. Those who are distraught would be settled. Those who are disturbed would experience the peace of Christ. Lord, help us to trust you when we don't understand and when it doesn't all add up. Thank you that you're orchestrating the events of our lives from conception all the way to death to eternity with you in heaven. You're in control and you're in charge and you're the answer. Help us to take this message and be a source of a a comforter to others. Lord, Help us. In Jesus' name. All God's children said. We lose when we say we belong to God, yet do not do the things He says. When we surrender our lives, we are saying that we willingly live in total submission to Him. Jesus willingly suffered and died for us, thereby paying for our salvation in full. We must stand on the promises of God no matter what the cost, because in the end, we will inherit eternal life free of charge. The price has been paid in full. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.